0: y'all how's it going how you feeling i feel grateful that i made the wake-up call i feel grateful that i'm here i'm here you know there's a lot of things that i could handle and think about differently but i for one i'm happy to be here right now i'm happy that we could have the conversation that we're about to have tonight We have a couple special guests. We're hoping that they could log in. Um, You know, we're going to hear from Gen Z. The topic tonight is Who Asked Gen Z? CJ here, and welcome to the Sound of Black and Brown. Again, I'm so glad that you took the time, but if you're not willing to hear, please do us a favor, all right? Within our community, and we are entitled to the freedom of speech, believe it or not. So I hope that you have that in mind as you tune in and I hope that you think about the fact that this is the future right, we have to start the conversation somewhere. Look around at what's happening let's take that in for a second right there's a lot happening right now out there and I don't know if we're necessarily taking it into context as much as we should have or should be you know the reactions from our youth. Right now, as we're having this conversation, there's a rally happening in New Britain, right? For a young woman who lost her life to police brutality. Okay? And this is important to think about because this was also a young woman and a young mother, right? I see one of the callers has already arrived. Hi, Naomi, how are you? Hello,
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: I am so glad that you're with us. How about you give us a brief intro? Tell us about you. Let's
1: hear it. Um, well, my name is Naomi Banks. I am a freshman in college. I am a studio art major. Um, love to draw, love music, love to dance. And I'm trying to open my opportunities by learning how to speak in public places.
0: Well, I am so glad that you are with us, and I hope that this is the start, you know. I see Manny has signed on as well. Good afternoon, Manny. How you doing?
2: Exhausted. <laughs> a very busy day.
0: As always. <laughs> uh, getting into good trouble, as you know. You, can't, you can't even say I would have seen a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> because you see, I like it. Listen, listen, this is gonna be jam packed tonight. I'm excited. I was just saying that I really feel like many in my generation, like, so let's give uh, Naomi some perspective, right? So check it. Pick up that picture of the Last Supper. I'm in the back left. All right. I honestly, to this day, I, I think that when Jesus was leaning over right between us, I really feel he was talking about splitting the bill. That's, that's just between the three of us. Why is Manny? You know what? I can't with the two you all. You know, I mean, I'm just saying, all right? I'm just saying, okay? We, we tender aged over here. But, but I'm a firm believer that, the, you know, you all are part of our future, okay? And this is an argument, believe it or not, that I have a lot. Because I unfortunately do not always share space with folks who find that we need to do a little better job of including our young people. I find that, you know, most times you all are tokenized, most times you all are called upon to represent things very conveniently, Um, you know, and so I feel it's important to have that conversation. Right. I I think that many in my generation as tender age people, you know, somehow feel that you all aren't paying attention and not just you, but those younger than yourself. Right. Somehow we seem to think that some of us really feel that you all are not thinking about what's happening locally, nationally, internationally. You know, Um, it's just so interesting. Starting with you, Naomi, what's on your mind lately? Like what, of all the things happened, what's what's been on your mind the most?
1: Well, most definitely school, since that's one of my main like priorities at the moment. I just been thinking about school and like, I know I wanna be an artist, like that's my main career that I'm thinking about, but it's like, do I just wanna be an artist? Like I wanna, Learn more about like the art careers that are going on because like yeah I want to be an artist but I want to be able to do more than just that.
0: I know you will because I would like to formally encourage and invite you to join us again. Right, you mentioned that you want to get better with the public speaking. I think I think we could help you out with that. You know, Manny. But what about yourself? Let's hear from you
2: well i mean and this uh, this particular day what is in all my mind right uh between you know uh juggling the fact that institutions across the nation are um being a little uh, you can't see my fingers but they're spread as far as they possibly humanly could uh a little biased in. um spreading the narrative and messages regarding international conflicts like the Israel-Palestine war. Um, uh, I mean, every social justice issue you can possibly think of is on my mind on a day-to-day basis. I
0: believe that, I believe that. So for some of us who may not be familiar, Manny has been quite vocal and he has graced us several times so far with his thoughts, which is great, right? Because we encourage his free thinking. Listen, I'll say it again. I'll start off the conversation now. For the white people who find this scary, you might want to think about it before you continue listening, or you might want to sit down and learn, right? For the black and brown people who are traditional, and some of this stuff might come to you and you might say, but why? Why? before we start challenging them how about we listen give them an opportunity right i don't know about you all but um for me during covid being a parent to folks who are you know younger right <laughs> i have one who is in their late 20s and another in their early well no late teens i should say late teens let me preserve that time frame right so one of my you know children is actually a pair of yours right naomi and man you may not know them directly but what i'm saying is same generation and you know i felt like watching how they survived covid was so admirable like i have so much admiration for you all to be able to come on tonight and actually articulate goals right because i feel like it broke my heart to see so many within your genre having to, an age group, having to make hard life decisions after COVID. Andrew and during COVID. Some already had it to, had to start that. I'm just, had it is not a real word. That was just me and my, yeah, whatever. Um, old people, right? But it was hard to go into the stores and see young people working that was hard for me because it told me that they had to start with you Naomi what's your thoughts on that
1: um covid most definitely was a really big thing it had a lot of impact on a lot of people that i personally know and on myself as well like i was working in a nursing home for like most of covid cuz it's like i needed money so so it's like it COVID was really a lot, but it did also help, like, a lot of us realize, like, you know, these are already things that we have to get started on because we're soon-to-be adults and, you know, we have to learn to work and to, like, budget and things like that because, you know, things were going out on sale a lot during COVID, like, toilet paper, like, usual necessities. So, I feel like it was a learning experience, but also like very dreadful.
0: Well, I can imagine. Now, I just want to say for everyone tuning in, um, nothing here is scripted, right? They are answering from their perspective and I'm not going to say we're always going to agree, but as I started saying in the midst of that is where we will find some really, really amazing solutions, right? Manny, what about yourself?
2: Yeah, well, um, I mean, I remember, you know, hearing about so many impacts, right, negative effects of COVID uh, among my peers, um, a lot of which, you know, they're still dealing with those effects. I right? are talking about effects to their mental health, right, to so their mental well-being. Um, I know for someone like me, right, who... Even during the pandemic, um, you know, I, I very much felt obligated to continue my community work, right, and helping um others stay safe and protected. But in the midst of doing that, um, here I you know am today, and I've had COVID seven times. You know, um, a lot, a lot of those times happened during you know, 2020 and, and, and even coming out of 2020. But now, you know, I have, um, you know, what, what doctors have called long COVID, right? Where I'm operating at a much reduced capacity of, you know, oxygen levels, right? I mean, I'm, I'll cough for the rest of my life, right? Um, but like now we said, these were things, right? Uh, that us teenagers, we had to do, we had to still be out there, right? Some of us had to work jobs, right? I, uh, I know peers of mine who their parents got laid off of their jobs. And so the teenagers had to take up jobs themselves, right? To help uh, keep the, the, the home and the bills and, and food on the table, right? So yeah, COVID, it it was uh, it was it was certainly not our friend to a lot of my peers. Uh, but we did learn some things on how to survive.
0: Wow. Thank you both for sharing that. You know, this is what I mean. There were a lot of times when I and, you know, my younger child, you know, we stayed up waiting for my elder child to show up from work, right? He was already working and she and I would sit up there watching TV late, right? Waiting up. It was scary because I could only imagine what it was like for him to have to go out in community while everybody else was at home. You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad that y'all are sharing this because I think it's important for us, all of us, to acknowledge that you all were very heavily impacted. I mean, not for nothing. That's like four years at least. It's been four years at least, right? And you all went from seeing each other every day i mean i i think about what i felt like when i was told by our staff our lead staff well look we you know take what you need from the office you're gonna have to go home for um a few weeks right and then that turned into months and then that turned into longer and so forth and so fifth but then for you all it wasn't just being home, it was also having to cope with the change learning style. What was that like for you, Naomi?
1: It was a lot, I will say. I feel like, cause I really do believe that I am a visual learner. I learn better in the classroom most definitely. So having to learn over the computer, especially math was really, it wasn't good. My GPA dropped, so that's another thing too. It just really wasn't good for me. It was very stressful because even though, yes, I'm home in the comfort of my own bed, I'm still very tired. And the fact that I'm in bed makes me want to fall asleep, but I have to stay up for class, so.
0: Yeah, I can imagine so, because I tried to help out, you know, mine by, you know, making breakfast in the morning, just for little reminders. But I would imagine that everybody had that or, and it wasn't, let me not say, or let me take that back. It wasn't necessarily because there was many options, right? Because people were trying to survive. What about you, Manny? What was that time? like?
2: Horrendous. Oh my God. I mean, I cannot emphasize enough. Uh, like Naomi, right? I, I, it became clear to me how important it was to be in the physical classroom when it came to me learning, right? Um, I didn't realize that I actually needed to be in a classroom in order to comprehend, to grasp the concepts, to apply the concepts, right? And this is like even more than math, but I definitely do now be especially math, Um and like her, I mean, I went freshman year, right, having a 4.26 GPA to sophomore year. That was our remote year, you know, for, for people who are not familiar. That was our remote year. It was our sophomore year of high school. And remote year, my GPA dropped to a 2.7. I mean, to say I was stressed, right, to say that, like, I mean, I had thought the worst of the world, right, because such a huge job, the fact that I couldn't comprehend anything, yeah, it was it was absolutely devastating.
0: I could imagine so i I could imagine it was scary, right, because you all especially um were at a time in your life where this is where your social skills are starting to come into play y'all are just now getting to know each other. I'm speaking from watching from a distance because it was heartbreaking, right? I got concerned for my own, you know, because they went from every day being amongst their peers to, wow, that was the last time I saw you? And some people did not have support at home, right, in different ways. I mean, from food to internet, having to make decisions between, you know, Staying in school versus going to work. I watched some have to drop out of school, and what got me aggravated with the New Haven Board of Ed, Ed Joiner and Company, was the fact that you know these concerns were brought up to them several times, and I'm speaking from experience. And I also know someone else who leads um, a group, and she advocates very fiercely. Right. And we brought up these concerns. I mean, we advocated very heavily for some type of, you know, medium here because the reality was and it's still something, in my opinion, that has not been fully addressed, at least not in New Haven, Connecticut. The reality was the school system itself was not ready to facilitate hybrid or even virtual learning. The staff itself was not trained. Like to me, a lot of things was brought out in terms of how the staff is trained, in terms of how, you know, staff handles things, right? And I kind of felt like they kind of made it where you all were held accountable, especially the teens and teenagers, right? And when I say teens, I'm talking about those, we're saying 12 and up. Right? If you're in that age group, you're in high school, I felt like y'all were all of a sudden made adults because you kind of had to figure it out. I saw with my own two eyes where some teachers, and I argued with the school, I had no shame in doing it, right? I have to speak up for mine. But not everybody would do that, not by, you know, that they didn't want to. Some folks didn't know how, and some places were not responding, right? So, you know, I saw staff members, teachers, who would provide assignments as if nothing else was happening. Like, what the, if you couldn't handle COVID, (laughs) you you couldn't handle COVID working from home, but then you dump all this shit on the students, right? And then you're gonna call me now and try to give me a headache and try to tell me, well, so-and-so, fall behind because of so-and-so. Bro, the whole damn world just shut down. Where the fuck were you? And then the other part that made me upset was the complete disregard for mental wellness. It's as if it is impossible, right, that teens would actually have mental health issues. So somehow adults thought, well, just, you know, I'm the only one allowed to get stressed out. You know, I'm the only one who, you know, needs to figure out how to do all these work things at home now. Somehow, some of these teachers did not stop and think about the fact that why the fuck am I giving these people 10 plus assignments a week? Now, see, I used to teach, and here's what I would have done differently. First of all, let's make sure everybody has internet access. Let's start there. Let's make sure everybody has what they need. Let's make sure, you know, we have access, we have, you know, access in terms of internet, access in terms of the syllabus. Let's be a little flexible here. Let's be understanding. Some of us are coming from some real complex backgrounds, I'll say it like that. And I think the city of New Haven itself, I'll speak for New Haven, Connecticut, Justin, well dusted, you know, you still did not fix the inherent issue here. Because one of the main reasons why a lot of the students fell behind was because the internet access is crap. Y'all letting Comcast and all these other agencies, utility companies, remember, they told us we could delay our payments, but they still want their money. Who going to pay if they're not working? So going back to that now, Naomi, right? Thinking about right now, let's bring it back to right now. And we're seeing all this that's happening locally, nationally, and internationally in particular. From those three aspects, is there anything? I know Manny will probably pick, he could give you a list. I I guarantee you that. (laughs) He could give you a list. But I just want you to pick one, please. Just one. Is there any particular issue happening right now, locally, nationally? or internationally that you feel like in a general sense it seems like the world doesn't seem to think that you all care if so what is it and what should
1: um i feel like one like problem that's happening right now is definitely the palestine and israel war like It's just, I feel like a lot of people probably think that it's, we don't really care. Like, simply because, like, obviously, we can't really do anything about it because we're, like, just simply really becoming adults, like, just now. But, obviously, we still have a voice. And us being Gen Z, we're really, like, the social media carriers for real, if we're gonna be honest. So, it's like... We're the type to, if we're not going to do it by like emailing people or like going up to offices itself, we're most definitely going to say it online and keep saying it until someone hears it.
0: You talking my kind of language and you don't even know that we just met y'all. Manny, you didn't tell her, did you? So let me tell you something. (laughs) Girl, you speaking my kind of talk, right? Because... Let me tell you, y'all underestimate that social media so bad and y'all don't even know. You don't even know. I'm all for a good march, don't get me wrong. I'm all for a good rally, don't get me wrong. But one of the things, like she pointed out, you see that social media and the youth, y'all missing out. I got to give my young people credit because I could turn to them, right, when I need certain things to be said online and they'll do it. They're fearless. They are fearless, Manny's a walking talking example, right? Naomi is a walking talking example, right, But what I want the folks in my generation to really grasp here is they're not tokens. they have a lot to say, especially as she pointed out with what's happening right now with Palestine and Israel. y'all not asking them nothing, right. I said this on Sunday when we were providing coverage during the rally that happened at the New Haven Green. I took sincere pride in knowing that black and brown youth were leading that. That is important. And we're seeing it happening across the globe. And I was also happy to say that the white allies, because they were the Karens, There were, you know, the agent provocateurs as three fifths says, but the white allies who were there for the most part, they didn't take over the space and the place. but what was pivotal was that the youth led. And that's probably as Amy pointed out, one of the most diverse rally crowds I've seen here in this country for the 20 plus years I've been here. Maddie, you want to throw some thoughts in there? What do you think? What's the biggest thing? Just pick one. You need a disclaimer. You know how you go.
2: I can pick one. Jeez. No, I'm kidding. Uh- <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I know, I know, but I hear, I understand why, because it's like there are competing things for real, for real. You are right. No,
2: yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah. That ass. Oh, but pick
2: one. Um, uh, I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll just, I'll just piggyback off of, you know, the, the, the topic right now of Israel Palestine. Um, uh, simply because um, I, I attended that rally on Sunday, um, the one that was on the green. Um, uh, but today, more specifically, um, there was a, a walkout at my university. Yeah, actually, me and Naomi's university. We were both there. Uh, we were both part of the walkout um, uh, for. Uh, Palestine and um, you know so so it's just a very prevalent thing uh, today so I'll I'll just I'll pick that one but again echoing what Naomi said right Um, and this is something I always say uh, the older generation um, they don't give Gen Z enough credit for you know having opinions having stances Uh, we actually do you care about what's going on? We do have thoughts on it, right? We do want to see certain things <laughs> regarding you know the outcome. Um, but again, you know we're not recognized and we're not given you know that credit uh, or acknowledgement
0: no, not at all. And um, what you know well, you could attest to this because you know we've had our conversation, but this is why on this platform. I like to mention the fact that nothing's scripted because I think it's important that we hear your genuine opinion, that there needs to be that space. You and I don't always agree. None of us are always gonna agree, come on, right? But we'll walk away thinking, hmm, how many times does that happen? I could attest to that. I could have a good argument with somebody and then walk away saying, you know, know, come to think about it, it happens right but we don't have to get stuck there and that's what we're trying to say right we you you don't have to get stuck there naomi did you well no let me rephrase what was your thoughts going into that walk or what made you do it
1: well to begin obviously for support because you know everyone needs support especially during a war like this where literal children are dying like come on now support and just to be a part of things you know usually uh i have a lot of anxiety so i don't really like to attend things even when i would really like to so i'm like you know what today i'm gonna do it especially because it's for the right cause
0: that's amazing and um can i just say as someone who (laughs) advocates strongly and fiercely with um Many disabled folks—they're some of the strongest people I've ever met. All right, and I—I I want folks to understand: if you think that your mental wellness was affected by COVID, try to be unselfish for five minutes. Listen to what she just said. All right, a lot of us—I'll attest to it. I had to get used to being amongst people again, because I had gotten used to not, you know, having to be around folks and certain things. So. You know, my tolerance for certain things had changed. But not only that, my expectations of certain things had changed. Like I remember the first time I drove, I was blown away by the driving. Like people were not, you know, paying attention, people changing lanes, or or you name it, it happened. Okay. Um, So I think that's pivotal to note there, right, that this youth came out Gen Z came out. There's a lot of people who have, they were already, let me say, they were already introverted and COVID just provoked that, added a little layer of anxiety. Or some people, you know, just realized that about themselves through COVID. I mean, I probably phrased that, probably not the best, but I hope you understand what I'm saying. Right, this is a real thing. There are a lot of people look around you. There are a lot of people who have actually gotten used to being inside. There's still people using Instacart. Ordering their groceries using that, you know, DoorDash, all of that, because they prefer to do that. Our roads aren't really very motivating, are they, you know. Um, So, you know, I'm going to ask you the question, Manny, and I know there's going to be some shit. I don't know if people are ready to hear this, I'll tell you. Sir, can you share with us, you know, what inspired you to participate in, in that action?
2: Oh, you just want to get my blood pressure up, don't you? You just, you, I just, every episode, you just got to have my blood pressure up. Jeez. Um. So, like I said, you know, uh, I mentioned earlier, right? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine that's your face right now. So, you know, um, at our university, right, me and Naomi's University, uh, Southern Connecticut State University, um, there's been email communications sent to faculty and students um, since the start of the Israel-Palestine conflict um and you know now we're going on what week three i think something like that and every communication and mind you there's been quite a many um has solely been about israel israel this israel that israel this gaza this terrorist this terrorist that not one mention not one about Palestine, Palestinian deaths, Palestinian civilians, you know, nothing, nothing, right? And mind you on campus, we have in our student body, we have our fair number of Palestinian students. So disregard the fact that, okay, maybe, you know, satisfying anyone else's need to see Past sign included you're literally excluding an entire portion of your student body you know they're uh you know what they're going through so when i found out that there was a walkout today you know regarding you know regarding this issue um yeah i was like there's there's no way i can't attend right um and, you know, as CJ knows, as anyone else has listened to the any of the episodes now, right, I've, I, um, am, you know, never taken a side, right, I've never uh, been public about particular conviction, aside from just a sole stance of, you know, there needs to be no more death and, and, and the children are dying and, you know, that type of thing, right. But, but when discrimination and exclusion is blatant and clear, then then that's all I need to know, right? And you are not going to omit and exclude my peers, right, whose family members are dying, right? That's just, that's not okay. And one thing I, may, I was talking to Naomi about earlier, I said, SCSU, the university, prides itself every moment it can get. On being a social justice institution, but look at their actions in the past two weeks. And me and Ami agreed, and you know we had a little thing about that, whatever. But yeah, so so you know, going to this, I mean, it, there was nothing that was gonna stop me from going.
0: I know that. I know that you know, I'm so happy that you said that because people need to hear that. I'm really tired. You know, it's frustrating to me that people could see the young people getting up and standing up. They're saying to you, stop the killing and you all are just acting like, you know what that 14.3 billion, 143 billion, sorry, whatever the number is, it's obnoxious either way, you know, That we're spending which should and could be used to improve the lives of so many right give some people some kind of hope come on y'all, we could do better than that. Naomi, I want to ask you a question between me and you. Right what's your view of Community organizing what what does that mean to you 14.3 billion is the number sorry for military.
1: Well most definitely
0: you have to
1: involve the community you know not just like advertising but getting the word out like and creating things that can make sure everyone's involved like certain events probably like not really like block parties because that's really like a gen z thing but to to include everyone just like Simple events like things in the green to bring people together. And to like also address things that are going on in the community, like poverty, because, you know, there's a lot of homeless people in the green. You obviously see I'm always down there, so I see a lot of homeless people. So it's good to like have events to where everyone can freely come and express everything about how they're feeling of all the issues that's going on, gun violence,
0: drugs, poverty, all that stuff. Sorry, I was having a little audio disconnect there. So thanks for that there. Um, You know, That's important because what I'm hearing from you is, is that you see community organizing as a very inclusive venture, right? Do you, Naomi in particular, and I'll get to you in a second, Manny. I'm curious to hear from her. Do you see that happening? Do you find that you see real community organizing happening right now in your area? And if so, what does that look like?
1: Well, uh, sometimes there are certain events like get togethers, and, like certain protests and stuff, but personally, when I usually go out, I don't really see like certain events being held, especially for like the problems that are going on right now. It's usually like, yes, yeah, soup kitchens go on, and stuff like that, but it's like it's never really like a loud voice saying, like, "Hey, this stuff is going on, and people need to listen."
0: That's a very insightful perspective. Thank you. All right, Manny. How do you view community organizing? What does that look like? And is that happening around you?
2: Well, yeah, I want to echo what Naomi said, right? It's it's inclusivity, right? And actual inclusivity, not the tokenization of the word inclusivity, right? It's including community residents, right? Um, it's including, um, you know, people who have lived experiences within these different neighborhoods, right? CJ, you always talk about the value and the importance of lived experiences because it's true, right? I would very much rather have uh, a committee organizing events, all right? Um, and on that committee, it being people with lived experiences in that neighborhood than someone with a degree, right? The degree could mean absolutely nothing in comparison to someone who, you know, might've, uh, you know, been part of one of the gangs that was in the neighborhood, right? Or might've contributed to the gun violence at one point, or maybe there are residents who witnessed it over decades and decades of living here, right? So the lived experiences. Um, So yeah, it's inclusivity, but it's also, again, Again, like I always said, right, uh, it's organizing around issues that pertain to the community, right, that actually happen, but doing it in an effective way, right? Yeah, we can bring awareness to it, but what about an event where you're actually getting people together to create action towards the issues, right? Because we see a whole lot of, Awareness this, awareness that, let's talk about, okay. I mean, once that event ends, what happens? What what really happens to combat and offset those issues? Nothing. Nothing does. Right? So you had this little event, yeah, 100 people came out, whatever, whatever was a good, fine and dandy thing. But really, what was the effect of that event? So... That's what I think about when I think about community organizing. It's creating events that actually will have action to offset and combat the issues in the community. And now to answer your second part, is that happening around me? No. Like I said, the events are being created. Awareness, this, 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 that. Fine and dandy. Everyone shows up, takes pictures, speaks, and leaves. And those issues are still very much there. right? Nothing being done toward them. So, you know, that type of community organizing? No, definitely not happening around here.
0: I respect that, and I agree with it. You're right. You're absolutely right. And that that is the reason why for Black and Brown United in action, you know, we don't rely on being on the street because in this area in particular, New Haven, it seems to be more about um, who gets seen, right? And Malcolm X and you know the honorable elijah muhammad spoke about that what the camera is it's the white man's narcotic okay so i'm not a believer in all of that you know that manny i mean you've seen me at events i don't you don't see me posing up with with these people like i'm not interested i'm not there for that that's not why i came now one of the things that bboa does we don't stop so we don't trend we don't trend organize right Um, For the folks who don't understand what that means, we don't just show up when, you know, everybody's mad about something, especially the white people. Some people do that. We don't just show up when the cameras are on. We actually, one of our biggest focuses is the legislative session. Every year we participate, every year we provide testimony, every year we help with the advocacy of bills and the creation of bill narrative. And I invite you both to join us with that this year, this coming session and beyond. You know, it's an open invitation, right? Um, this here, what we're doing tonight, you know, who asked Gen Z for those tuned in, this is actually a series we're gonna have. So I hope both, um, you know, Manny and Naomi could continue to join us because it's important that we provide a space for them to share their opinion. Look at how much we learn over the last 40 plus minutes right we learned you know their view on organizing we learned what's on their mind we learned what they're willing to do right now going back to the social media side of things that naomi mentioned and that's why i smiled and i know like manny said he could see my face right because those who know know that's one of bboa's biggest platforms i mean I'll show up to a rally, but I, you know, I'm not young again. Again, old. You know, what I'm saying I can't make certain walks again, places that you don't see start to ache and stuff, right? I just don't have it as before. And you know, i I think it's also important to acknowledge where we can meet as generations. Hence the reason why BBWA has committed itself so much to our social media organizing, and that eventually extended itself into this platform which is the podcast i say all that to say you know we use um social media you know i invite you all to go check us out facebook TikTok, instagram just look up black and brown united in action you'll see right around april march march april may i should say you'll see our legislative advocacy right there we do a lot of you know, social media images and graphics and so forth, promoting bills, spreading awareness, educating people, trying to get people out there. You know, we don't always win, but that doesn't mean we give up, right? Now, in saying all of that, Naomi, in your opinion, what role does social media play in your view of contemporary social injustices and politics?
1: Well, most definitely social media already is a thing where you can honestly get any information, it, you know, some might not be actually correct. Cause a lot of people like to spew lies on the internet, but you know, when it comes to political things, even though I'm not really into political things like that, I will say social media is a good thing to use when it comes to getting anything across. Because, you know, you can post something, someone you might know can be like, oh, you know, I agree with this. Let me post this so then the people that I follow can, you know, see this point of view of whatever situation that might be talked about.
0: Nice. Facts, big, big, big facts, right? And it's important to recognize that because I feel like, again, I'm gonna take accountability for my generation i feel like a lot of us don't think about that right we we don't think about that we don't think about the fact that you know what they're not just talking about music or toys or whatever it is we think they're talking about they actually do talk about a lot of serious issues and they derive information look at what she just said not all of it is true how would she know that if she wasn't paying attention Manny, what about you
2: yeah, I mean, you know, uh the thing about social media, it, it it seems to uh it seems to be the universal communicator. Right. Um and, and here's what I mean by that, right? Uh we see a lot of different generations and, and demographics using it. Right. Um we see people with different ideologies and beliefs using it, right? But all to what? To get their message across. Um, And knowing that, right, we can definitely draw the conclusion that if social media is anything, right, it is a very influential tool, right? Um, I mean, we see this time and time again, right? I mean we see when trends are created, right? Remember back when the um uh that whole fight happened, right, at the docks, right? And we saw that it was uh it was an issue, right? And then it took to you know, posted social media, people start sharing, sharing, sharing. Uh there were people who were very serious about it and wanted to, you know, put racial discrimination and injustice but then you got the other side of social media that was creating memes and videos and you know the the gifts and stuff right uh all i mean both sides displaying messages right (laughs) that was me yeah (laughs) right suddenly the 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 white folding chair (laughs) became this icon right (laughs) and so you know it's a very influential thing i mean you know, during the Trump presidency, right, people were making uh, compilations and, and montages of the most idiotic things he was saying. Right. And again, one side of social media was very serious about it. and How dare you? And and other people using it as, oh, he's unfit for president. And the other side just absolutely finding it hilarious. Right. <laughs> so it's a very influential thing. Right. Um, it can either make uh, certain things very serious and controversial, right, and, and influence people in that way, or it can lighten things, right? It can lighten some pretty serious things, make light of it. Uh, I remember at the time CJ saying, you know, there's things, sometimes we just have to laugh, right? People just need to laugh, okay? There's so many negative things in the world. Sometimes we just need to laugh. And so, you know, again, social media helps us do that, right? Because we weren't seeing those things on the news, right? I mean the mainstream news uh, sources. We weren't being able to see, you know, the memes and stuff of the folding chair or the lady falling into the water, right? <laughs> we couldn't see that on the news, on TV, it was social media. So, yeah, it's a very influential tool. Um, but I got to agree with Naomi, Gen Z. Uh so and and like Caesar said, we're outspoken on it. We use it, we know how to use it, uh. And uh, well, don't don't let us catch you doing something stupid because you get posted. For <laughs> before real, y'all Yo, will do done. a
0: remix <laughs> like nobody business. Oh, You'll yeah. crack me up. You all crack me up, like you Listen, let me tell y'all We get very inspired over here in Black and Brown from the post from the youth. I can't I can't deny that, for real, for real, for real. And some of the best testimonies I've ever heard during the legislative session was provided by young people because they speak from a different angle. They speak from their lived experience. They speak from their curiosity. They speak from their determination, right? They want to see things change. Like I said, if you thought your life was hard during and post-COVID, do you think that you would have been able to successfully complete high school during COVID? We'll talk about that another time. But in the meantime, I'm curious to hear from you, uh, Naomi, right? What are your thoughts about the counter protests against Palestine and this right wing? Any thoughts? Um,
1: Honestly, the whole thing is just a lot. I can personally say I do support the protest when there's protesting about the correct cause, which is just stop the killing, just stop war in general because nobody needs to die. It's really no reason. And, like, just calling people names and out of, what there obviously are is just disrespectful and all just picking sides and just calling palestines terrorists and all these other things it's just too much people just need to stop war no more kids dying and just like acknowledge the deaths that are happening like stop worrying about i feel like a lot of people are too worried about like the countries themselves and like what is making them do this but it's not even that it's just you're killing people people are dying so like it's too much politics people need to actually realize the real problem that's happening and that is the death
0: facts big 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 facts what about you manny what's your thoughts on that
2: yeah i mean uh, there's an extreme extreme movement of uh, just politicizing this right uh, so, so many politics and like I mentioned in another episode right it's it's so repulsive to think that people have absolutely no hesitation to play politics over innocent human lives that that is one of the most horrendous things that I think about, right, um, and and just seeing, you know, how divisive, you know, uh, this has gotten. I mean, again, I, I'm seeing individuals who I never would have thought would be so ignorant in their sayings, so so arrogant about their stances, right. Um and just the absolute uh just omission, right, of those innocent lives being taken, of the the children suffering, right? I mean I bring it up and, and it's like there's just I mean it's like no empathy. Right? And it's oh my god, it's horrendous to think about. Right? And Like I said, again, you know, I have no particular conviction because I've seen the divisiveness it it causes, right? And I always say this is just the children. It's the innocent lives, right? Even beside the children, just the innocent lives that are being taken. Um, But, you know, then I, I see things like what the university has done, like what our legislators and our local elected officials have done, you know? Or rather, not done um, and yeah, it, it makes you sad the whole thing the whole thing makes you sad, it really does
0: it is very upsetting. I mean, this is an ethnic cleansing happening, and you know in this particular situation here with Palestine, this is not something that just happened. This was happening in Palestine is already on a trajectory that is very dangerous. The outcome is going to be you know, as it stands now, you know, the cost of this is going to be dire, right? This should not be happening, but it is. And as you all both pointed out, for all the reasons that are just so disgusting, I I agree with you. I have a hard time with people who could really stomach the fact that there are parents who are bearing their children, okay? There are children who were separated from their families, martyrs, all right? Okay, y'all are bombing hospitals, y'all are telling people, go well, this way, but okay, we're gonna bomb you anyway. Come on, man. And yet, we have some white saviors within our own good old New Haven community. Yep, we have children bearing their parents, all of that, right? 75 years, as Manny said, 75 years. And yet, we have some good old white saviors who are in leadership positions right here in good old New Haven, Connecticut, who are like, Yeah, I stand with Israel. This is okay. And y'all don't understand what's happening in Palestine. No, you are inhumane. You're inhumane. And that's disgusting. But it's also telling to me. You know what that tells me? That tells me why our schools look like jails. That tells me why the education systems that we have right now is failing. It's failing our black and brown children. We are preparing them for incarceration, okay? All right? Now, we took away some very important assets and resources from them, from food to classes to administration. We took away hope. And then, and then, wait a minute, we said, you know what, y'all could go home during COVID and figure out how to learn, because that's what a lot of schools did. You gave the students the work, and then you called the parents and said, listen, we're going to have to keep your child behind, you know, because they're not doing this, this, and this, but you're not saying the part where you didn't sit down to refine your curriculum. I haven't heard a peep. About that, you know what I've heard the Board of Ed New Haven Board of Head talk about. I hear them talk about absenteeism and you know who dropping out and and they're showing pictures or who walk in here and who who knocking on door and oh, it's so healthy, yada, 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 bullshit, bullshit. I didn't hear nobody tell me why we have such a high absenteeism rate. Is it because they are working? Is it because they fell behind? And if so, why? Why did it take you so long to pick up on it, okay? Why is that? But see, when you allow the youth to fail, especially the black and brown youth, you don't have to spend money on things like New Haven Promise. Don't forget I told you that. Now, that being said, right? We need to do better. And this is why this space is very, very, very important. We need to amplify these voices, right? It's not their fault. I'm I'm pretty sure some of these youth could do better, but let's not get carried away with criminalizing and stigmatizing, right? I keep saying to y'all, you know, white people complain about things and they forget you're still white. When I walk outside, the police don't ask me certain questions. They don't ask me my gender, my ethnicity. They see my skin and they make up their mind. So, for the white people tuning in, you want to be some good allies, let's put some pressure on the Board of Ed, right? Because I think it's insane that we are failing our children because we are too lazy to address the real issues. Let's face some facts here. I'm saying this, they are not. Let's just make that part clear. There are some teachers there that should not be teaching. It's not their fault you got comfortable just handing out homework, grading it, and going home. That's not their fault. It's also not their fault that you decided not to be technologically proficient. And it's also not their fault that you did not advocate for language access. Why is it in New Haven? We have so many non-English speaking students who are failing classes not because they're not competent, but because we decided. We're just gonna make sure you fail by not giving you the resource you need to even have a chance. You're full of shit, okay? You're full of shit. I think it's amazing for the youth who are in college, you know, right now, all who had to survive during COVID. I mean, come on y'all. Some of these young people didn't even get a proper graduation ceremony. Some people didn't get to walk the stage. I met a young woman in Alta of all places. And she was helping my child pick out makeup, right? And she wanted nothing but the best for her. Why? Because she had to drop out of school to work at Alton. Now she's going to adult ed because the board of ed said, well, you know, you fail. Look at that. Just like that. And then you wonder why. But don't worry, New Haven, right? Why would we care about things like that? when we could go ahead and criminalize our youth even more and have this foolish war in the ATVs. Instead of saying, bulb idea, let's build a park for them to ride in. What a dumb idea is that, huh? Hmm, I'll let y'all marinate on that. All right, before we close out for tonight, Naomi, you wanna share some closing thoughts?
1: Um. Firstly, everyone stay positive. You know, always have a good mindset on everything Um, and be happy and stay blessed. That's all I have to say.
0: That's amazing. And I want to thank you for coming out here and being transparent and sharing your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And for somebody who claims that they have um, public speaking (laughs) issues, you and me, you know, I know, Naomi. (laughs) I'm not sold. I'm not sold. I think you did a fantastic job.
2: And I definitely
0: cannot wait for you to come back because you will, right? We have a lot more to unpack. Of course. Of course. Oh, no, she's coming back, Manny. She got to come back because we started the conversation. We didn't say we finished it, right? We said we started it because there's a lot of things that we should be asking Gen Z and we're not. So we're gonna start asking them. Manny, before we close out for tonight.
2: Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm smiling ear to ear. I really am. Um I, I'm like <laughs> I have a sense of euphoria right now because um so I, I didn't provide any background information, but I've known Naomi for eight years. We've been friends eight years. Um, And to like see her today on the podcast speaking and, and saying these wonderful things, right? It makes me so, so happy, right? Uh, <laughs> like CJ said, right? As someone who, you know, introduced herself as introverted and she's, you know, has this, this uh, fear of speaking in front of people. She did so amazing on this episode. So I'm so proud, so proud. So I'm just, I'm absolutely so happy. Um, she absolutely will be back. I don't care. I mean, I'm going to have to drive her here if I have to. But um, listen, I want to um, uh, echo something that me and CJ say a lot, right? It's so important for us to have these spaces, right, um, and, and to cultivate this atmosphere of it being a safe place, right, and a welcoming place. Um, because look, right, another member of Gen Z, so much to say, so much insight, right, and, and they get this space uh, to feel acknowledged, recognized, and heard, right, and it's so important, it really is. So to everyone watching, Right, as me and CJ constantly encourage. Please, please, please. Right, it, open those spaces, create those spaces. Right, um, don't don't just hear a younger person, you know, try and give their opinion on something and brush it off. Right, just because of their age, don't do that. Please, don't do that. Like if I don't stress anything, more is please. Do not dismiss them or invalidate them just because of their age. Gosh, I mean, it's the worst thing, right? So, um, my message is always, right, you have the potential to change uh, the world. Really, you do. I mean, you might not believe it, but I promise you, you do. You have the potential in you, right? All it takes is encouragement, support, belief, uh, but also belief in yourself, right? Um I'm I'm trying to instill that into all of my peers, right? Starting with Naomi and, and so many others. Um we're smart. We know what we're talking about. Just sometimes, <laughs> if you can believe it, sometimes we know what we're talking about. Yes, we're young, we have lived experiences, right? We've we've been through some things already. And so please acknowledge that. Recognize it. Don't invalidate us. Don't dismiss us. Because we have a lot we want to give to the world. But just please open the way and let us. That's all it takes. We're just asking you for, for you to let us.
0: This is why you cannot and we should not be ignoring and dismissing the voice of Gen Z. I didn't tell you. Don't try to groom them. Don't tell them what to say. Find out what they're thinking first, right? When you were that age, did you like it when people did? No, right? Give them the space. We could do this, right? Now, before we go for tonight, I'd just like for you all to join me for a minute as we take a moment of silence for those who have lost and continue to lose in God. if you don't I'm sorry, what did you say I didn't hear? You know, I think it's really integral that we consider what do young people share tonight about Gaza and Palestine. I really don't know how people could be okay with what's happening there, you can't. This is a mirror image. You heard it from the youth tonight. They are looking at it, they are talking about it, they are thinking about it. Really quick, I wanna share a duo for all of those in Palestine and across the world who are supporting and thinking of them. Let's continue to do that. That's the best way you can support because we know when Allah is present, we are never alone. Oh Allah, grant them true resilience, reliance upon you and good thoughts about you. Again, I can't thank you, Naomi or you, Manny, enough for coming on tonight. This is not the last conversation. You're going to be back. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on what's going on. And I think that we're going to, you know, we're going to create that change that you're asking for. We're starting the conversation, right? And we're just going to take it from there. I can't thank you all enough, all who are listening in for liking, sharing, and subscribing. Please continue to do so. And thank you all so much for your encouragement, support, and empowerment. We can't do what we do without you. So we truly appreciate it. Well, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whoever you're with, The fact that you could hear this that's a privilege right some of those kids out there all they know is the sound of bombs man and we didn't even talk about the animals that's another one well that's all for tonight fist up smile on peace